Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Welcome, everybody, from Life Family Church. What amazing worship. All I got was it was such a sweet, sweet presence in the Lord. Um, I'm so glad that each and every one of you are here today. We are not neglecting the gathering of the saints. And it's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, All right, so if you are new to this church, you should have received a welcome um, packet. Inside we have a card, if you can fill that out. We, and you return it to the Source Center after service, we actually have a gift for you. And then also on Tuesday, we have First, first Tuesday Prayer. Um, we actually had missions prayer this past week because all of the missionaries are in the Dominican Republic with our pastors. And we got the opportunity to pray for them, pray for no rain, pray for souls. And um, it was a great time in the presence of the Lord. And then also tonight, we do not have a PM service. Um, as you know, our, because our missionaries are not here, pastors are out of town, so um, we get the night off. But don't forget, Sunday is the first day of the week, just like Pastor says, and we still get to put God first. So thank you guys for coming to church this morning and putting God first. Um, also, our men's trip, that is coming up in September, that is going to be in Texas with our pastors and Pastor Todd. We get to pair up with another ministry, and we get to go, or the men actually get to, they get to have some good, they're fishing out there, so it's going to be on a lake and stuff like that. So it's going to be a good time, so don't forget, you can sign up in the Source Center, um, and that will miss the men, but I'm sure they'll really enjoy the guy time. Um, Also, we have Life Family Church shirts that we have been doing an order for. We are going to finally make the order in July, so don't forget if you haven't. If you don't already have one or would you, you would like another one, go ahead and sign up in the Source Center. And then also in the Source Center, don't forget we have a men's section. It's updated, newly updated with a, a few more books. Um, so go ahead and check that out. Mr. Mel and Pastor Marie have paired up and added some more books to the library, so go ahead and check that out. And then don't forget to check your email connections. That will be our church bulletin. Um, as well as our Facebook and our Instagram. Check those things out for any upcoming events. And then our pastors, Pastor Jack and Pastor Marie Myers, they send their love from the Dominican. We did not get an extra video this week because they were busy on the missions field, but the last three nights have been amazing. They've had their uh, miracle healing crusades, lots of testimonies. It's been great. Missionaries and pastors will be arriving tonight, so we will see them next Sunday. But all right, thank you very much, and here's my husband. Thank you, thank you. I don't know, I didn't hear any of those announcements at all because I was so distracted by her beauty. <laughs> and it's actually true, that's exact. I, yeah, I didn't hear any of it. So, thank you guys. Obviously, uh, you know, my name's Andrew, I'm one of the children's ministers here, and I have the honor and privilege to be able to bring uh, the offering message to you guys today. Um, it is a great honor for me to do this. Um, very, very grateful. I, I think I said this last week too, you know, we have... Our pastors are some of the most giving pastors I've ever met. I've seen them give to their own hurt. I've seen them give when, I mean, they don't need anything in return. They just do it because they're honoring the word of God. And if the person doesn't receive it, it's okay because God knows and God blesses them. And I'm just so grateful to have our pastors in our lives who's been such an amazing example. 
So today, I'm going to be teaching out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you want to turn there. Start in verse 6. God, it's so good. If you uh, missed last week, um, you know, I went over the parable of the talents. Today we'll be doing 2 Corinthians 9. Lord, help. If, you, if you're there, say yay. Yay. All right, we'll start. So, in the backstory of this, uh, Paul was speaking to his disciples and, uh, or, you know, speaking to, to everyone, or I'm sorry, Paul was speaking to the church of Corinth and about, uh, and was boasting in them. He was telling them uh, that how he had spoken to the Macedonians and how um, he bragged about their giving and their generous giving. But he wanted to make sure he hammered home a point that I hope I can convey this morning. Uh, in here he says, here's my points, uh, verse 6. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. So the first point we're going to hit today is the way you give determines your blessing. I'll say it again. The way you give determines your blessing. You know, God says in this word, he says that... um, and he desires a cheerful giver. You know, when we give, we shouldn't be giving. And even Paul says here, we're not doing it out of religious suit. I'm not giving because I'm told to do so. You know, we give because of the Father that's in us. You know, we are to imitate him. Amen? And, um, you know, so if you want to look at it this way, you look at it like as a, you know, in the most bare minimum way I could say is like, like a compliment. If I were to go up and compliment someone, but I'm just like, hey, you know, good job, you know. Just move on. They're not going to receive anything from that. But if I'm going up to them and I'm saying, man, great job. Thank you for what you did today. And, you know, really honor them. They're going to feel it. If you don't believe me, try it with your kids, okay? I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've learned, and this obviously I don't do it anymore, but in the beginning with Aiden, if I were to say something to him, like, yeah, good job. He didn't feel anything, but I'm like, Aiden, I love you. Thank you so much for that. You can really feel the presence on that. And that's why it's so important that when we honor someone with our giving, it's like, recognize who they are. You know, even at night, you know, I go and I check on, on Aiden at night and make sure he's good. And I always tell him I love him, but I don't say I love you. I say, I love you, Aiden. He may be asleep, but his spirit is awake. Amen. So when we give, we want to make sure that we're giving, understanding, you know, who we are honoring. Amen. Um, you know, so we'll just move on here because I had something else about go on. It says, uh, yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything. Every moment in every way, he will make you overflow with abundance. Everyone say overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts in him, because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. This generous God who supplies abundant seed, say abundant seed, for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First he supplies every need, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed, say multiplication. He multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Point number two, the Lord wants to bless you. Amen. There's so many, there's actually over 40 scriptures in the word of God that talks about uh, God blessing and being able to multiply our seed that we're given. So this whole 
philosophy of, you know, there's been this doctrine out there like, oh, we don't need to give. We don't need, you know, we need to live, you know, humbly. Yeah, we need to live humbly. But, um, but it, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we should live with less than enough. You know, because God is the God of multiplication. God is the God of more than enough. He says an abundant harvest. He doesn't say a small harvest like, oh, I just want you to provide just strictly for your family. Look at the book of Acts. The book of Acts in chapter 2 and chapter 4 says that, uh, that the, those who had an abundance, they covered the, um, the expenses of others. They weren't just trying to provide for him because God says that he'll give you seed, uh, seed for the sower. So that seed's going to come in to be able to not just bless you, but bless others around you. Amen. Amen. So Rome, Amy says too, if you look at this, Acts 17, 25, uh, he supplies life and breath and all things to every living being. He doesn't lack a thing that we mortals could supply for him, for he has all things, everything he needs. So right here, God's not saying, hey, I need you to give because I need it. He just want it's an act of, of obedience, amen? He has given this because he's already going to give the seed. He just wants to see where your heart's at, Amen. He says, Romans 11, 35, 36 says, Who has ever first given to God that obligates God to owe him something in return? And because God is the source and sustainer of everything, everything finds fulfillment in him. So why do we give? Because it's not ours anyways. Everything in the fullness is, is God's. He's just allowed us to be a steward of it. Amen? So when you look at it that way, it's like, when I give, I'll tell you one thing, you know, my wife and I, we've been married almost four years now. We've had our disagreements, but we have never disagreed about giving. That is one thing that when the Lord puts anything on our heart, we just give. We don't question it. We know it's the Lord's. It's not even ours anyways. And we're just being actively obedient to him. And I'll tell you this right now, too, that he, God will supply that. He'll bless that in your giving. So moving forward, he says uh, in chapter 12 or verse 12 says the priest priestly ministry you're providing through your offering not only supplies what is lacking for God's people and inspires an outpouring of praises and thanksgiving to God himself. For as your extremely generous offering meets the approval of those in Jerusalem, it will cause them to give glory to God and all because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel of Christ, as well as your generous hearted partnership with them toward those in need. Because of this extraordinary grace which God has lavished on you, they will affectionately remember you in their prayers. Praise God for his astonishing gift, which is far too great for words. The last point I want to hammer on, on this is that giving is a form of worship. Amen? When we give, we are honoring the Lord. We are in obedience, and we are worshiping him. Our giving should never be out of, like, I need to do this. It should be because, God, you are so good that you gave. Thank you for your life. And, you know, we praise you. We worship you through this giving. You know, obviously, we've got, we had amazing, amazing worship. The anointing was so strong, and it's still here now, obviously. Um, and that's one way that we praise. Um, but uh, obviously, another way that we can worship is actually through giving of our time. You know, so not just so in seed in the ministry financially, but also giving time here. But then uh, uh, for the married people out there, you know, another form of worship is actually um, being, loving your spouse. You know, dating your spouse is a form of worship to God because that's stewarding what God gave you. Amen? Amen. Uh, Lord, in John 4, 24, it says that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. What is truth? You know, in order to be able to, to give, we need to have a truth of the gospel and truth of what God has already given us. Amen? Uh, so your lifestyle, our lifestyle of giving is blessing not just us, but it's blessing those around us. When we give, 
we are not only honoring the Lord, but we are blessing the other people around. You can think of it this way. The Bible says that if he be lifted up, will bring all men unto him. So when we give, and, you know, and God blesses that, it's a way that we can honor and give testimony. Uh, you know, I just gave testimony earlier how my wife and I, we were believing for a house. We've sown seed. We've sown seed. We've sown seed. Um, and we just kept believing, and we kept putting the word on. We knew that God, you know, is you know, is the God of multiplication. We know that the God is the giver. I mean, His name is the Lord that provides. Amen. So uh, we kept giving and giving, and we added word to it. And we we'd speak it that we'd have this house with a huge living room that would be able to supply because we're you know obviously we're children's ministers, but we're also taking over college and careers. So we're like, God, we need a house that we can. That's got a backyard. Lord, we need a, we need a living room that's big enough to supply uh, a whole bunch of youth. Lord, we're just increasing, God. And through our sowing and through our giving, we've received our house. Amen? We've got a three-bedroom house completely paid for 100%. There is no mortgages or there's no payments. We have the house completely covered. It's got a backyard. It's got a huge living room. And that, that house that we have, it's for the Lord. That's the thing, guys, is it's not even ours. It's the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen? Hallelujah. God, so good. So if we look, too, it's like our praise and how we give is based on how well that we know the Father. Amen? And it says... And the thing is, guys, is when we give, we're actually exercising the nature of our Father. You know, we talked about earlier that we have the fullness of Christ thereof. If Christ lives inside of us, which he does, amen, hallelujah, but we should be giving like him because the Bible says to be an imitator of Christ. Paul said to imitate, uh, follow me as I follow Christ, and the word says imitate Christ. So how could we imitate him if we're not giving? You know, I don't understand how some people are like, oh, well, tithing is an old, you know, is Old Testament coming. Actually, I mean... Well, that's a whole other story. I can go way too in-depth with that one. But, uh, but God, you know, he's a giver. He's a, a provider. And so if we're going to imitate Christ to the fullest extent, we must give. And it's, the thing is, it's not even, it's not a, like he said, it's not a religious duty. It's because we love him. We want to. We have freedom to give. For he has he given so freely. So freely give, freely um, and, you know, we shall. And we look at John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son. He gave. He gave his son for us. And people are arguing about 10%. You know what? Give more than 10%. If you're going to give, give generously. Amen? Because he's going to supply it anyways. It's not ours. And when we give, he multiplies. The Bible says in Ephesians that he gives exceedingly, abundantly more than we ever asked and think. And if you look back on this, he even says, it's like, uh, you know, God is saying to him, it's like, hey, look, you know, you know, is he more than, can I give more than enough? Of course he can, you know? And it's like he was giving us that word, not because we didn't know it, but he's like, look, I don't want you to look at it as I'm just giving, or I'm just asking you to give so I can multiply. It's like he wants to see your obedience, your heart behind it. See, the thing is, is I was studying this earlier. I was like, man, I was like, how can I hit this more? It says, you know, we must rid ourselves of the notion that we just give a certain portion of our income on Sundays and then throughout the week pay what we want with whatever we do, amen? It's like we can't just come in here and be like, oh, yeah, well, it's a Sunday, so I have to give, and then the rest of the week is our money to do with whatever. We have to rid that notion out of us because it's, it's not ours. It's already his. So we steward not only on Sundays but seven days a week, amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
right, let's get ready here and welcome Dr. Richard Moore. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is good, isn't he? Isn't the Lord good? Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. We're going to have a good time. I know that that um, your pastors and those on the mission trip have been advancing the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Much has been happening, and that's really our purpose. I want to share with you, how many were blessed last week? Amen. If you understood the power of words, which most people don't, most Christians. Actually, the reality is this, most Christians don't really even understand what Christianity is. Most Christians think Christianity is about missing hell and going to heaven. That's a very, thank, I mean, thank God we miss hell and go to heaven, but that's just a very small portion of really what Christianity is. And I find that many, many people believe, and they have the, they have the belief that, well, if it's God's will, it'll just happen. And many people believe that way. If it's, if it's God's will for me to be healed, it'll just happen. Whatever God's will is, then it's going to just happen. But that's not, that's not even scriptural. Right. Because the Bible says God is a rewarder to those who seek Him. That's good. Amen. The Bible says that if you draw nigh to Him, then He'll draw nigh to you. The Bible says that if you seek Him, you'll find Him when you search for Him with all your heart. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So if you're going to be of the belief of well, whatever will be, will be. How many have ever heard that? Well, whatever will be, will be. It's amazing how many people believe that. But understand some things. Jesus did not come here to start a church. Jesus did not come here to start a new religion. Jesus did not come here to give us some moral code or some moral code of ethics to live by. Jesus came for one purpose, and that's to redeem us. The Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, and that you might have life more abundantly. I want to talk about that life today. You open your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. You see the communion table here. We want to receive communion this morning. But I want, to, I want to get into some things because I find that most people, when you really understand what Christianity is about, then you can live the Christian life. That's good. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word never returns void. Father, I thank you that every individual that's here this morning in the sound of my voice Lord, I thank you that your, your word penetrates the heart. Lord, I thank you that it accomplishes that which it's sent forth to do. Lord, I ask this morning that you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, and you are the God of glory, that you may give unto each one here this morning, that you may, that you may give a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding might be opened. And that we might see and understand what our purpose is. That we might see and understand why you left glory and came to this earth. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shouted, Amen. 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 So, last night we talked, or yesterday, geez, last week, excuse me, I've been, listen, I've been in five weeks of, in five weeks of revival. You know, we've been, we've been going for, uh, actually we've been going since the end of January non-stop and so on we've had a few days off here and there but we've been going we've been going for for six months now not on stop so actually july i purposely scheduled this way because we've been going so much it's going to be a time of 
it's going to be a time of rest. It's going to be a time of preparation for them because it's September. We hit it again very hard. But so we've been, I mean, we've been hitting hard. One, one thing that we do not do, we don't allow grass to grow under our feet, especially when it comes to ministry. Now, I like the grass when it comes to golf, but other than that, I mean, it's only like the grass. But, you know, um, so we, we, last week we shared on, on the power of words, and you need to go back and listen to the tape because you are where you are because of what you've been saying. That's just scripture, and I brought out a number of scriptures. There's, actually, there's many, many more scriptures I can bring out. And I was going to go into part two um, to, today, but I felt like I felt like the Spirit of God is leading me in a different direction. And I want to show you some things because, and, and, and you, when you see this, you understand the power of words. And we need to speak the scriptures. We don't speak the circumstances. We don't. We, we don't. You know, speak what's happened in the past. We speak. We want, understand, you can change your life today. You can start changing your life today by changing the way you speak. Because God designed it that way. Because understand something, you are only allowed to see in the natural what you say. Because what you say is a, a, is, is a law, spiritual law that's activated. There's different laws. There's the law of, there's the law of life. In Christ Jesus. The Bible says that, you know, Paul said in Romans chapter 8, the law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So understand there's spiritual laws. Sowing and reaping is a spiritual law. You know, Andrew was just sharing about, about the subject of giving. And do you realize do you realize you can you can speak yourself into wealth? You can speak yourself into wealth. Because let me tell you something right now. If you're poor. People won't listen to you. No, I'll say it again. If you're poor, people won't listen to you. Okay, I, I let me let me let me just divert a little bit, okay? Because I believe everything we should everything we say, we should we should use scripture. Amen. Don't you believe that? Shouldn't I mean? Why why do you believe what you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? Do you believe it because it's what you've been taught all your life through, through the religious institution you went to? I mean, even some things we were taught by our parents were not correct. I mean, they meant well. I mean, you know, they didn't do anything uh, wrong. I mean, in, in their in their heart, they wasn't doing it wrong. But understand some things. Even even some things that we learned growing up, we got to unlearn. I mean, I remember I was told growing up all my life. You know, I was I was I was my father, and he still to this day says. Says, and I've tried to tell him, look, Dad, it's not correct, but don't even, I mean, he's, it doesn't matter anymore. I don't even go there, but I mean, I've heard all my life, you know, God helps those that help themselves. No. God helps those that trust Him. God helps those who takes His word and applies it to their life. Let me just, let me just read the scripture to you because I'll prove to you what I just said. I'm not just, not just, you know, speaking to speak. The Bible says here, let me find it. The Bible says here in verse 16, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. The Bible says here, but I say that the wisdom, that wisdom is better than Ecclesiastes 9. Ecclesiastes 9. But I, but I say that wisdom is better than might. Well, listen, read it there. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says a poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heeded. So the Bible says that the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. 
People won't listen to a poor man. They will reject what he has to say. Because understand something. God is not poor. The Bible says that, that the earth is His. The Bible says that, that everything that's in it is His. The Bible even says that, that He owns the silver and gold. Why? It's His. Understand something. And because it's His, it's ours. Because, guess what? We are sons. We are His inheritance. There's a reason why the Bible says in Colossians, or sorry, what is it? First Corinthians chapter 2, I believe it's verse 8. There's a reason why the Bible says, if hell would have known what was going to take place at the cross, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So there's some things that took place on the cross. Because understand something. It, it, when, when Jesus was on the earth, He was the body of Christ. When Jesus was on the earth, hell just had to deal with Jesus. But now hell has to deal with the body of believers. Now He has to deal with the body of Christ around the world that you and I. Understand that same authority that Jesus walked in is the same authority that you and I walk in. That same power that Jesus operated in is the same power that you and I operate in. Understand, everything that's under Jesus' feet is everything that's under our feet. And so I made the statement that Jesus, He did not come to start a new religion. Jesus came for one purpose, that is to redeem us and to restore us back to our original state. What was that? When God created Adam and Eve. And understand, He created for one purpose, relationship. That's the very thing that sets Christianity apart from all the other religions of the world. No other religion in the world can say, my God came and gave his life for me. Islam can't say it. Islam cannot say that Allah came and gave his life for me. <laughs> Buddhists cannot say that Buddha came and gave his life for me. But we as believers, we as Christians, we can say that Jesus came, that God came, and he gave his life for you and I to purchase us back. To redeem us back. That's what redemption is. Redemption means to be bought back. Amen. So understand really what it means to be a Christian. Understand who you are. And then understand something. You, can't, you cannot walk in the benefits of something if you don't know anything about it. No, you cannot walk in the benefits of something if you don't know anything about it. So go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11 chapter. Verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which, that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on, on the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after he, after he had supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. <clears throat> Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. And I want to just share with you this morning. I, you want a title for this message, you can, you can title it, from the throne to the cross and back. 
Because there's, 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 there's much that happened. There's much that took place. And in order to walk in your authority, in order, in order to walk in really what Christianity is all about, you're going to have to know because nothing just happens. Understand something. Jesus did, Jesus did not leave heaven. God did not leave heaven. Come to this earth. Go through the scourging. Be nailed to a cross. Go to hell. And be raised from the dead. And set at the right hand of the Father. For you and I to live poor. Live defeated. Live sick on our way to heaven. Jesus came for a purpose. Understand faith begins when the will of God is known. If you do not know what God's will is in an area. It's impossible to receive it. I mean in Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 8. Remember the Bible says that there was a leper who came and bowed before Jesus. Actually, Luke's account of it, Luke brings out even more because obviously Luke was a doctor. So Luke is going to Luke is going to bring out, you know, explain the disease, make a little bit more, add to a little bit more to it. Matthew says a leper came and bowed down before him. Well, Luke says a man full of leprosy. So understand, leprosy in Jesus' day was the most feared disease there was. Understand, leprosy in Jesus' day, if you was a leper, you were an outcast. You were not even allowed in the city. And anytime someone came around you, you had to begin to shout out, unclean, unclean, unclean. If you were a leper and even stepped into the city, by law, you were to be stoned on the spot. And here comes this man full of leprosy. And the Bible says that he bows, he bows before Jesus and he reminds me, this leper reminds me of most Christians. Because he did not know. Because he bows before the Lord and he says, Lord, you can heal me if you want to. Mm. Understand, this leper did not have any problem believing in the power that Jesus walked in. Curing him of his uncurable disease. The, 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 the question of Jesus' ability to do it was not what was in question. The question that was in question was Jesus' willingness to do it. And it's the very same way that many Christians are today. As long as there's a question, you will go without. As long as there is a question, as long as there is doubt, the things of God that has already been purchased for us will not be manifested. Understand, salvation was not manifested to you just because all of a sudden you was about your own business and boom, like a magic wand and happened. No. Salvation was manifested to you. You went from death to life. You got a brand new nature. Why? Because you did something. Why? Because revelation came to you. You believed in your heart that Jesus was the only way. You believed in your heart that Jesus is the only way to God that through Him there's no other salvation. Understand, you believe that and then once you believed it, you confessed it with your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10. And salvation was granted to you. A miracle took place. Your whole nature was changed. That's why the Bible says that you became a brand new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That didn't just happen. It came because it, this, the Bible says the entrance of God's Word gives life. God's word was entered into you and revelation came and you realized that, that you needed a savior. Amen. That's why the Bible says in first in, in, in what is it, first John 5, well, I think it starts with verse 14. And this is the confidence 
that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Understand, you're not going to know if you don't know. You're not even going to ask if you don't know. The leper did not know. But he asked the question. He says, Lord, if you want to me, even though leprosy has ravaged my body, even though I have it from head to toe, you can heal me. You can cure me if you want to. The question was not in Jesus' power or ability to do it. The question was in his willingness to do it. Understand, faith begins where God's will is known. And so oftentimes, so many, so many people, when we do communion, we'll, t we'll, take, we'll take the communion, we'll hold it in our hand, and we don't even really understand what it means. Oftentimes, we take it religiously. This is something that you should do on a regular basis. It's amazing to me that, we're, that, the, that the body of Christ do not really understand the power of the cross. They do not understand what it means, the seven things that Jesus said on that cross as He hung there for six hours. And it was God's purpose and God's plan. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that before the very foundation of the world, He was slain. The Bible says before God even created the worlds, He was already slain. That's why the Bible says if, if, if hell would have known what was going to take place at the crucifixion, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. And it's my cry, and it's my prayer, even for my own life, that, that, that what Jesus did, what took place during the scourging, His blood, and what took place after He was resurrected, become real, become revelation to me. That's why Paul prayed to the church of Ephesus. That's one of the things that he prayed for the church of Ephesus. That's why we should pray the prayer on a regular basis, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of our understanding might be open, that we might know what is the hope of His calling, what is the glory of His inheritance and the saints, hello, and that we might know what is the exceeding greatness of His power that he to us who believe that he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Do you understand the power in that? But you can't walk in it until it becomes real to you. Understand, he left. The throne for a reason. The Bible says in John chapter 17, the Bible says, remember Jesus is praying. And Jesus prays this prayer. We're turning it. Go with me to John 17. John the 17th chapter. John chapter 17, listen to the verse 1. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may also glorify you. As you have given Him authority over all flesh, He will give eternal life to all whom you have given Him. 
This is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now look what he says in verse 4. I have, now remember, he's having a conversation with the Father. He says in verse 4, I have glorified you on earth. Well, how did he glorify him on earth? Well, you have to go look at his ministry. Go look at what he did for three and a half years. The Bible says he went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So obviously, healing and miracles glorifies the Father. Amen? If healing and miracles glorify the Father then, then guess what? Healing and miracles glorifies the Father now. Because He doesn't change. He's God and He changes not. Contrary to what religion proclaims, religion proclaims that healing passed away with the last apostle. But how can healing pass away from the, with the last apostle when there's still apostles today? No, I mean, it, it, it really, when you dissect what religion has taught, I mean, the, the Catholic Church, do you know why there's purgatory? I mean, obviously, we know there's no such thing as purgatory, but do you know why they came up with purgatory? I mean, study down. They came up with purgatory because they needed money. Exactly right. So you can buy your way out of hell. You can buy your family out of hell. But it's amazing the people, the the people around the world that literally believe that. That's why the Bible says that that tradition, if it's believed, will make the word of God of no effect. That's why everything that we believe, we have to have scripture. That's why I showed you Ecclesiastes 9. That a, that, that a, a poor man's wisdom is despised. His words are not heard. God, listen to me. The Bible says, and I believe, listen, I believe the Bible. I don't care less what man says. I believe the Bible. The Bible says that if you're poor, people won't listen to you. Matter of fact, you're despised and your words, you can speak all you want, but your words will not be heard. Amen? And it's amazing that the, the things that people believe. And understand some tradition will, will cause the Word of God to be no effect in your life. Amen? Jesus went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. He said, I've glorified you on earth. He said, I've glorified you on earth. Then he goes into saying, look at this, look what he says here. He says, I've glorified you on earth. I have finished the work you have given me to do. This is what he says in verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory which I had with you before the world existed. Before the world was. Understand, Jesus left. He laid aside his royal robes of blood. That's why I titled this message from the throne to the cross and back. Understand something. He left glory. He laid aside his royal robes of glory. He laid aside who he was and he came to this earth for a purpose. He did not come to start a new church. He did not come to start a religion. He did not come to give us some more cold to live by. Listen, he did not come to give us a better version of our old life. He came to redeem. He came to make new. He came to join us with the Father again. 
That's why Jesus said in John 20, I believe verse 17, that's why Jesus said and after, after his resurrection, remember he met Mary? Remember at the tomb he met Mary? And what did he say? He said, don't touch me. Why don't touch me? Why? Because I haven't ascended to my Father yet. I haven't offered the blood to the mercy. I haven't offered my blood to the mercy seat. I haven't offered my blood to the Father. He says, don't touch me. He, but he said this, but go tell my brethren. Now, now he's making us equal. Now he says we're equal. He didn't go say, tell my father. Go tell my followers. He didn't say, go tell my servants. He said, go tell my brethren. Now we're equal. Now we're one. Why? Because of, of the work that, that Jesus came here to do. He says, go tell my brethren that I'm going to my father and to their father. I'm going to my God and to their God. What Jesus said, he said, we're now one. We're now family. Jesus was saying that my father is your father. My God is your God. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah the 53rd chapter. So let's look at this. Isaiah 53. I, I love this. I love this portion of Scripture. It's probably one of my favorite chapters in the Word of God. I enjoyed one of the things I enjoyed when I was in Israel. I didn't. I didn't enjoy all. I didn't enjoy how religion has taken over. But I did enjoy when we went to the Dead Sea and we got to see Cave Four, where the Book of Isaiah was found. You know, it was only found about 40, 50 years ago. The book of Isaiah. And it was found because there's a bunch of caves. And it was found because a little shepherd boy was taking rocks and, and throwing the rocks into the cave. And he, he, heard, he heard something shatter. So he, digs, he goes down and, and gets into the cave. And he find, we find, we find the, the Dead Sea Scrolls. We find the book of Isaiah. Do you know when they, when they examined the book of Isaiah, the Dead Sea Scrolls to the... To, to the to the to the you know to the word of God to the, here to the in, in, in the word do you do you realize that it was ninety seven percent accurate ninety seven percent accurate and so here he says here in Isaiah fifty three verse one who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed now I want to share this with you because I want you to understand as we take communion today and as you take communion on your own and you every one of you should take every one of us we. Take, my wife will tell you, I take communion on a regular basis. So I try to do it daily. Smith Wilkersworth do it, did it daily. Not because I'm trying to be like Smith Wilkersworth. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm, I, 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 listen, I'm going to eclipse what he did. But he had an understanding, he had a revelation of some things. And so when we take when we take the bread and hold it in our hands, when we take this cup, which this, this, this juice that represents his blood. Let, let's understand why we're doing it. And we need to understand because if I would have kept reading to you, the Bible says, but before you partake of this, judge yourself. And if you don't judge yourself, you, the Bible says you eat and drink damnation to yourself. And for this cause, many are seeking quickly among you. Many sleep or many, many, this is why many are dead. That's what the Bible says. That's what sleep means, dead. So, so, Understand, so we'll understand as we take as we take the bread and cup and hold it in our hand what it is exactly that we're doing. Because understand, every 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 time we every time we see every time we see the bread 
Every time we hold the bread in our hand, it is our deliverance from sickness and disease. This represents miracles. This represents healing. This represents freedom from sickness and disease. This represents total cleansing from our old life and from our old nature. Or even if you've sinned since then, this represents total cleansing. It cleanses us. It cleanses us from our sin. You don't have to have anybody go to the Father for you anymore. That was what under the old covenant was. Understand, we have a new covenant. We have a better covenant. The Bible says that it's established upon better promises. Do you realize under the old covenant, healing was provided for under the old covenant? If healing was provided under the old covenant, it has to be provided under the new. If not, it's not better. Do you not understand that provision and wealth was provided under the old covenant? It has to be provided under the new. If it's not, then it's not a better covenant. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen? We have a better covenant, the Bible says, established upon better promises. Why? Because the covenant that we have is, 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 is it's founded on, it's sealed, it's created by the shed blood of Jesus, not by the blood of bulls and goats like the old covenant was. So every time we take this bread, every time we take this cup and we hold it in our hand, we have to understand what we're doing. And I read verse 5 of Isaiah 53 because oftentimes we, we forget about verses 1, 2, 3. Why? So we can hurry up and get to verses 4 and 5. But look at verse 1. He says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Understand, the arm of the Lord represents the power of God. But it's not a coincidence in the same verse, believing is in the same verse with the power. Why? Because in order for the power of God to be manifested, you've got to believe. It will not be manifested where there's doubt and unbelief. It will not be manifested where there's doubt and unbelief. Listen, it will not be manifested where there's unbelief, where there's doubt, and when there's an ignorance of what the Scripture says. Because understand, God can only use you to the level of understanding of His Word you have. God cannot use you beyond His Word. Listen, God cannot use you beyond the level of your understanding of His Word. And that's why I understand this, this, this book is not a book about somebody. This book is somebody. Every single word's alive. Every single word's impregnated with the very life of God. That's why in the book of Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verse 22, that's why the Bible says, that's why the Holy Spirit speaking to us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22, my words are life unto those who find them and medicine to all flesh. Why? Because his word is alive. But isn't, listen, isn't it interesting that he said, my words are life to those who find? My words are life to those who find. My words are life to those who find. Listen, God's word is life to those who find. In order for life to be manifested in you, you're going to have to see. Because it won't happen any other way. My words are life to those who find. So you're going to have to get into his word. You're going to have to begin to dig some things out. And as you do, revelation will come. And as you do, life will be manifested to you. That's why I've been, I, I, I've been doing, doing some, some study just on the subject of, of blessing. 
Because everywhere I go, everywhere my wife and I, we've been to, we, listen, we've done, we've done 8,000 revivals since 1990. That's a lot of revivals. And most of the time, my, our daughter was with us. My daughter and son-in-law's here. They came because they won lunch today. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So we've got, we've, listen, I, I, I understand the church. I live in church. God's word is life to those who find. Most people don't ever seek out. Most people never dig into. You gotta seek it out. You gotta search it out. So I, I, I've been doing some, some, some. Hopefully, actually, for the last couple of years on certain things because everywhere we go, I can get a show of hands. How many of you need to be healed in your body? On everywhere we go, three quarters of the church needs to be healed. Well, that shows me they don't understand. What Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. It shows me that they're, they're walking in ignorance. It shows me that the power of God's not manifested in their life. Why? Because if the power of God was manifested in their life, in, 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 in redemption, there would be no sickness and disease. Amen? Amen. Understand, whatever you press into is what's going to be manifested. But you know what's even greater than, than three-quarters of the church raising their hand because they need to be healed or they need a miracle? Is I ask the question, how many of you need to find out your breakthrough? Almost 100%. Almost 100%. But yet, something, there's a disconnect somewhere. And I don't know about you. I don't mind having it. Because I actually go to examine my own life and I look at my own life. Is there some areas in my own life that, that's not lining up with the Word of God? And unfortunately, I found some areas and I didn't like it. But I'm changing some things. Why? Because I'm pressing in. I'm pressing into some things. I'm seeking some things. And then my Bible promises me that if I draw not to Him, He'll draw not to me. My Bible promises me that if I seek Him, I'll find Him. My Bible promises me that if I study and begin to dive into the Word of God, I'll find it and it'll be made life unto me. Amen? Especially when the Bible says, especially when there's over 500 scriptures on the subject of healing. Right. Especially when there's over 2,000 scriptures on the subject of blessing. Did you want to say there's over 2,000? So how, how can one believe that blessing doesn't belong to us today when, when God talks about it over 2,000 times? Right. Now what's happened is that many in the body of Christ have allowed themselves to be religiously brainwashed instead of Bible taught. You have to have scripture for everything you believe. Okay, he has passed away. Show, show me where God ended it. That's right. Come on. Yeah. If you believe that he is now, nobody, nobody here does. But I promise you, you've got some family members that do. Maybe, maybe you even come out of a church that believed that, that preached that, and you believed it for a season. I mean, think about it. the majority of people in the body of Christ. The majority of denominations, the majority of religions in the body of Christ don't even still to this day believe in speaking in tongues. Now, there's been a change the last couple of years, especially amongst the Baptists, because the Baptists 
I think it was either last year or the year before. And I'm not dogging Baptists. I mean, thank God for the Baptists. My parents are Baptists. I mean, if it wasn't for the Baptists, I mean, they, listen, one thing they do have an understanding in is souls and going after souls. But, you know, they, 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 and their, their major yearly convention, they, they just allowed tongues. Why? You know why? Because they had to, because all the Baptist missionaries are getting filled with the Holy Ghost. They had to. <laughs> no, no, that's why. Yeah. They had to. They couldn't deny it anymore. Yeah. Okay. And, then he and I said to my, I said to my, I said, I said, I said to one of my family members, I said, <laughs> boy, boy, it's amazing how they skirted the subject. They, they changed the subject. I mean, I said to one of my family members, man, you know, your denomination just, just voted in tongues. Next thing, I mean, they're talking about cars or something. I mean, they, they told, they're talking about the weather. I mean, they totally changed the subject. <laughs> they're talking about, you know, the volume or whatever. But, <laughs> but facts are facts, so they, they couldn't deny it anymore. I mean, so, I mean, they're just now coming around in tongues. But the majority of the body of Christ do not believe it. Do not, they do not believe the Bible when it comes to redemption. They do not believe the Bible. They do not really understand the cross. Understand something. Jesus didn't just go to the cross to deliver us from sin. No, amen. 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 To say that is to preach just a very small portion of the gospel. Now, that's a that's a big that's a, that's a big part of it. Understand that we're not we're not we are we are not what to, to to focus on that, but we don't really have to focus on that today because you know about it. Yeah. But yet, still to this day, people are not really walking in the manifested life of of of, of the new life, the Zoe life of God. And and that has to change. And it, it starts by you coming into an understanding by revelation of what God's work says. Because faith begins where God's will is known. It's impossible to have faith in an area if you don't know what God's will is. That's why, you know, when I was associate pastor for, for a season, and, and, and uh, my wife and I, then, uh, then God delivered me. Now I'm on the road. And, <laughs> and uh, so I remember that I, I, I used to go up to, <laughs> that was in upstate New York, you know. Anybody here from New York? Anybody here from New York? My wife and I, we were associate pastors of a church. They're all Italians. <laughs> Any Italians here? There's all Italians. And I'm, listen, I had so much Italian food in two years. I, I don't even want Italian food today. And that's been over 30 years now. I don't even want Italian food. I can't handle Italian food. I don't even want it. That's all we had. I think by the time I left there after two years, my blood turned into ragu sauce. It was just like every church function, every church outing, every church picnic. I mean, even for Thanksgiving, pizza, 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 lasagna, lasagna, lasagna. It was all constantly. Actually, this is a true story. Actually, I left there talking like this. I left there. I would, I would, I would talk like this. I had to stop and stop. <laughs> but I was I was associate I was associate pastor for two years, and one of the things one of the things that that was my job was to go to the hospital. We had a healing school that we taught. I would go to the hospital and pray for the sick people in the church. You know that before we would before I would pray. I would try to locate them. 
Because faith begins where God's will is known. So I would try, I would try to, I would try to locate them. And I would talk to him about healing. Do you know what? I, I'd ask him. Here's one of the things I do. I, I'd ask him. I said, okay, what scripture are you standing on? And I knew what we was dealing with when they would go, um, well, you know, um, well, you know, there's the one about the stripes. <laughs> well, I, I understood that they were not, they were not standing on the word. They were not standing on the scripture. So now I, have, now I know what I have to deal with. Because faith begins with the will of God is known. Yeah. And you try to get faith in them. And then, you know what, listen, and I'll be honest with you, it's, it's almost impossible for it to happen overnight. So now you gotta, now you just got to believe God with them for a speedy recovery. I mean, thank God for doctors. I'm not against doctors. Not against doctors. Listen, if it wasn't for the doctors, half the Christians would be dead. Thank God for doctors. <laughs> but uh, you have to understand, but yet the promises of God operate where God's will is known. And you, you can listen listen to people talk. Just listen to them talk. I mean, I listen to people talk all the time. I mean, just turn on Christian radio. Oh, my gosh. Just turn on Christian radio. It's like, do you even go to church? Yeah. Some of the, some of the, just listen to some of the new songs that's come out. Like, seriously. I mean, I, I, I was listening to a song the other day. I turned it on, and, and in a rental car, we had the Sirius SM, you know, the whatever it is, that satellite radio, and it was at the Christian... I remember I turned on and I'm like, man, I've, I've been had scriptures go begin to flow in me that was opposite of what they were saying. <laughs> so faith begins where God's will is known. That's why it's so important that we dive into the Word of God. That's why it's so important that we understand and that we understand exactly what, what, what it means. Jesus said, remember he said to the Father, he said, I glorified you on earth. He said, glorify me now with the glory that I had with thee before the world was. Jesus came for a purpose. And the Bible says here, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Understand, the power of God will always be released where there's belief. Just like, just, just like the power of God will be stopped where there's fear, where there's doubt. Remember, understand something. The Bible says that Jesus went into his own hometown. And the Bible says, the Bible does not say in Mark 6 that he couldn't, or that he would not. The Bible says that he could not. He could there do no mighty work. Why? Because of the people's belief. One of the reasons why, one of the is because they knew him. That's why most of the time, I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's almost it's almost it's that's not impossible, but it's very hard to minister to family because they know you, and that's what they said in Mark six. They they begin to talk about well, they know him. We know who his father is. They, 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 actually, they were offended. Actually, I have, I have an uncle, which was actually one of my favorite uncles. And, and um, him and my grandfather used to, they, they, every, every year, they raced at Daytona every year, or Talladega, they drove race cars. And this was my dream growing up, just drive race cars. And so my uncle, one of my favorite uncles, I mean, he, he was a phenomenal race car driver, but yet he... he he always says to me, every time I see him, and I don't see him much, but every time I'd see him, because he's so, he's so amazed that I'm a preacher, and so the only thing he knows to talk about, oh, I can tell all stories about Richard. Yeah. See, that's, that's what family does. I can tell a lot of stories about Richard. Oh, yeah, I can, boy, I can tell some things. Well, <laughs> that's the same thing that was happening when Jesus went into his own hometown. They, they begin to say, well, we know him. We know who he is. We know, we know who his father is. 
And they was actually offended. And Jesus could not minister to them. Actually, the Bible says that the power of God was stopped from flowing. There was no miracles that could be manifested because of the people's unbelief. And actually, so you know what Jesus did? Here's an example of what to do. You know what Jesus did? The Bible says, if you keep reading, most people don't keep reading this part, but if you keep reading, the Bible says that Jesus stayed in town and he continued to teach. Why? Because understand, teaching is the... There's a difference between teaching and preaching. Preaching is proclaiming. Teaching is explaining. And the Bible says Jesus went around teaching. Why? Because faith begins where God's Word is known. Faith begins where God's Word is known. Amen? That's why we see here in Isaiah 53 verse 1. That's why we see... That's why we see the scripture that, that the Bible says that the arm of the Lord was manifested. Why? Because they believed the report. They believed the report. Now, understand, Jesus didn't, when Jesus was on the earth, he didn't have to, he didn't have to operate by the arm of the Lord. The Bible says that he cast out devils by the favor of God. Oh, and listen, and make no mistake about it. There was no struggle. Forget about what, what the pedophiles in Hollywood say. And what they produce. And what they put on the screen. Make no mistake about it. There was no struggle when it came to Jesus and hell. There was no struggle when it came to the Holy Ghost and hell and demons and the devil. There's no struggle. None whatsoever. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when Jesus, since he walked into town, they knew who walked in town. The demons knew that the creator of heaven and earth walked in town. The demons knew that the Lord of glory walked into town. The demons knew that he who has no beginning and has no end Amen. walked in town. Believe me, the demons knew that when he walked in town, the very one, the Bible says, with his breath, created the stars and the galaxies and named each star, walked into town. That's why they would begin to scream out, Have you come to torment us before our time? They knew who was walking in. There was no struggle. Absolutely not. There was no struggle. Hollywood, isn't it? Listen, it's no coincidence because hell runs Hollywood. It makes, it makes, that's why you see, that's why you see in every movie, darkness is always greater than light. Evil is always greater. And they always, and they, and I don't know why they, they, they always make evil so powerful and, and, and every preacher is some little pansy little Pee Wee Herman preacher. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that knows nothing. That carries a wooden cross around with water. Yeah. And the name of Jesus is never used. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The name that's above is never used. That's why hell knows who you are because the moment you mention that name, hell knows that it has to bow its knee. Because there's a name greater than all names. It's a name that's been glorified by the Father. That's why the Bible says every knee must bow that name. Everything 
thing that has a name must bow to the name of Jesus. Cancer must bow to the name of Jesus. And we have been given that name. We have been given that name. We've been given that name to use in approaching the Father. We've been given that name to use in prayer. We've been given that name to use in ministry. We've been given that name. At the very mention of that name, every demon in hell has to bow its knee. Study about the name. Understand the power of the name. Teach your kids about the name of Jesus. Because there's a name above every name. There's a name above every name. Come on, there's a name above every name. Understand what Christianity is, and it's because it's because of this right here. I remember years ago, I, I was I, I, I read the story. This was a number of years ago. I read the story of, of this a mom had her and, and they the, this parent these parents, the mom and dad, would teach their kids. That's why I teach your kids the word of God. Go, I mean, my my wife and daughter sitting here on the front row. They 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 would read through the Bible. My wife went and bought a one-year Bible, and they'd read through the Bible. Read through the Bible. And then and this, this couple that I read about, they, they, every, every, you know, they would take a season, and they teach, they teach on a redemption to their, to their kids. And this was now, I'm talking about this little girl who's six years old, six or seven years old. So they just happened to be, on, on this week, talking about the name. So as they would, as they would, you know, put them to bed, they would give them a little Bible, you know, a story, a little Bible teaching. And this week they happened to have been teaching about the name of Jesus, the power in the name, the power in the name, the power in the name. Well, that, the little girl was outside playing in the yard, and it's unfortunate them days are over now. Little girl's out playing in the yard, and a pedophile comes by. Sees her out in the yard, stops his car, reaches out and grabs her, and throws her in the car and takes off. Little six, seven-year-old girl. Well, they caught him. They caught the guy, but he let her go. And they asked him, why? Did you release her? Because they, he didn't get very far down the road, maybe just a few blocks. But she kept doing something. You know what you know what he said to the cops? He said, she wouldn't stop saying that name. Because when he threw her in the car and took off, the little girl, seven years old, all she would do, the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name, he tells, stop saying that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And he finally stopped the car, opened the door, and said, get out, get out, get out. And that's what the cops said. And that's what he said to the cops. She wouldn't stop saying that name. Oh, there's a name above every name. There's a name above every name. Teach your kids about the name. There's a name above every name. And at the very mention of that name, name and demons have to bow their knees. At the very mention of that name, demons have to relinquish its power. Because it has to bow to a power that's greater. Amen? I understand why he came. Understand why he came. He came to redeem us. Let's keep reading. Let's jump down to verse. Let's, let's go to verse four and five. Hallelujah. Look at verse, verse four and five. 
Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And look at this. And by His stripes we are healed. That's why when we take it here in a moment and we get it, hold this bread in our hand, understand, this represents His body. By His stripes we are healed. Understand, healing is not a future promise. It is something that has already been established. It is something that has already been done. It's something that has already been paid for. It's something that's already been purchased. It belongs to you. It's not something that we hope that God does. It's something that we receive because He's already done it. Matthew 26. I'm running out of time here. Didn't really even get out of the introduction. <laughs> Matthew 26. Verse 28. For this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for, for many for the remission of sins. And I say to you I will not drink of this fruit or the vine from now on until that day come or to that day when I drink, drink, it, drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Understand something. The New Testament, the New Testament refers here to salvation from sin and from the wrath of God through Christ's sacrifice. Understand, because of the blood, we have been purchased. Acts 20, 28. Therefore take heed to yourselves and the entire flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God which is purchased with His blood. Understand something. We have been purchased with His blood. Everybody say, I've been purchased. I've been purchased. We have been purchased. We are a purchased possession. We've been purchased by His blood. Understand, the blood is not by the blood that we're made whole. The Bible says, by His stripes we're healed. It's... By His stripes that have healed us. But it's by His blood that we're cleansed. It's by His blood that we're made a brand new creation. Amen. It's by His blood. And understand, His blood, His blood, the power of... We don't even sing songs hardly anymore about the blood. There is power. I remember, I mean, come on, how do you know? There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Amen. Amen. We need to sing about the blood. We need to sing about the blood. Come on, we need to sing about the blood. The enemy don't want you to mention the blood, but we need to sing about the blood. We need to understand the power of the blood. That's why I always plead the blood over you. Always, come on, always plead the blood over you. Listen, my wife and I, we get on the airplanes and we we plead the blood. We get in the car, we we plead the blood. Even when we had our accident here early in the year, when I flipped the car. I mean, we were protected. I mean, we were we were protected. Well, we we were protected. I mean, the car flipped. I'm going down I-64 in in, in Hurricane, West Virginia. I mean, when we was in the elevator in the ambulance, I said, "Oh, this is we're in Hurricane." Hurricane. And the ambulance driver said, "No, it's Hurricane. <laughs> hurricane, West Virginia." I said, "Okay, well, Hurricane." I'm I'm driving on 64 going east. 
I hit, a, hit some black ice, and next thing you know, I spun around. Now I'm west, and here comes all the traffic. And as I spun, the momentum of the spin took me into the medium, and, and there was grass, and it went down like that. And, and next thing you know, we're sliding, we're flipping, and we're, we're sliding across, you know, on, on, our, on the roof. And we come back and landed on, on our wheels. And I was in the seat, my wife, we had, we had, we had my daughter's little dog in the back. How many times? How many times? How many times he flew around in the backseat? What a guy! He was traumatized afterwards. But you know what? I didn't have that. My wife just had a little. She had five stitches just because something flew around and hit her. Now, not my memories of the dog, but flew around, hit her now, and got, got a little cut there. <laughs> And that's all that happens. All that happens. Why? Because he redeems our life from destruction. We plead the blood over our life. Amen. I always plead the blood. Understand the power of the blood. Every day plead the blood over your family. Every day plead the blood over your kids. Amen? Amen. When you kid, when you send you drop your kids off at school, send them off to school, plead the blood of the Jesus over their life. Amen? Amen. Plead the blood over your family. The blood, the blood, the blood. Understand the power of the blood. Not one at a time, I'm gonna be able to get into all of it. You understand the power of the blood. There's power in 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 the blood. That blood cleanses us. That blood makes us whole. That's why if you, if you that's why that if you've messed up and, and made a mistake in your life, all you have to do is in your heart. Be truly repentant. Amen? Ask God to forgive you and He will forgive you. And the blood of Jesus will wash you clean. And that's why I don't ever bring it up again. Because if you really believe it, ask God to forgive you. He will cleanse you. And don't have to bring it up ever again. Why? Because He forgives. He washes you clean. Amen? He washes you clean. That's why the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? Because the blood, because the power of the blood, it never loses. It never will lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood of the Lamb. Amen? There's a reason. Listen, there's a reason. There's a reason why the children of Israel I said, when they left Egypt, they had, they, had, they had the blood on them and they had the lamb in them. Come on, they had the blood on them, they had the lamb in them. It was the blood. It was the blood that they put above the doorpost. And when the death angel come, guess what? The death angel could not penetrate the home with the blood. Why? Because there's power in the blood. Understand, everything that the kingdom of God is greater than anything that the kingdom of hell has. That's why life is greater than death. That's why light is greater than darkness. That's why blessing is greater than the curse. That's why healing is greater than sickness. Amen. Everything of the kingdom is greater. Everything of the kingdom. Everything from the kingdom of darkness bows its knee to the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Everything. Thank God for His blood. Amen. Thank God for His blood. Thank God for His stripes that He that He bore, because it's by His stripes we are made whole. And that's why every time, every time you see, you, you hold this blood. Every time you hold this 
This in your hand, it represents the stripes. It represents his body being mutilated. It represents, hey listen, his body was so mutilated that the Bible says in the book of Psalms twice in two different places, Jesus said, my bones, they stare at me. Jesus said, my body is as a farmer who plows a field. The historian Josephus, the historian said that his whole spine was exposed. You understand, he's mutilated. And when you hold this in the hand, it represents that He took your disease. He took. And if you're battling some things right now in your body, as we, as we partake of communion, release your faith and receive your healing. Release your faith and receive. I don't care what I don't care what it is. You might you might you might just have a cold. It don't belong in you. You might just have allergies. It don't belong in you. It don't belong in you. No, it doesn't belong in you. It doesn't belong in you. Do you know John Alexander Dowie when he died? John Alexander Dowie was a mighty man of God. He built Zion City, Illinois. He pastored a church. In the turn of the century, uh, uh, think about this. He pastored a church at the turn of the century. He pastored a church over 5,000 people. 5,000 people. For 19 years. Listen, that was massive. I mean, the, to, even today, the average church in, in America today is 50 to 100 people. That's the average church. Yeah. And think about it. He pastored a church in, Zion, in Illinois, of all places. Over 5,000 people for 19 years. And every one time did he bury a church member. You know why? Because he got them all healed. My mentor, Dr. Kenny e. Hagan, pastored a church for 12 years. And every one time buried a church member. Because he got them healed. John Alexander Dowie, when he died, they couldn't even find... They, actually, one of, the, one, of the, one of the doctors wanted to do the autopsy because they wanted to prove him to be a fraud. And when they did the autopsy, they couldn't even find a cavity in his mouth. But he, had a, but he had an understanding of redemption. Right. He had an understanding of by his stripes we are healed. He had an understanding of by the blood we become a brand new creation. And a part of that new creation, guess what? We become partakers of healing. We become partakers of blessing. We become partakers of the very life of God. Jesus came to redeem us. He didn't come to give you a better version of your life. He came to give you a brand new life. A brand new life. And this, this, this bread, which is His body, represents that. This cup, which is His blood, represents that. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have... I'm gonna, uh, I, listen, you want, would you take one of the, the plates, Brother Andrew, and just pass it around? Make sure everybody gets... We're going to receive. We're going to receive communion. We're going to receive communion this morning. Shon rush to karam manje brei bru poshuste vrabakista. Non rom manje brei brus to koroba shife brabanshista. Don't tip or don't partake yet. Hallelujah. You've been blessed today?
Hallelujah. Thank you, G. Actually, as a matter of fact, we'll be back here this in September for the conference. What is the conference? Word yeah, Word and Spirit Conference. Hallelujah. And myself and obviously your pastor, Pastor Todd, I believe it is, right? Yes. The Word and Spirit Conference. I'll be here. We're doing the Friday, Saturday night. Hallelujah. The Lord has already, that's already given me some stuff about it. You know, the Bible says that we're created for signs and wonders and miracles. Amen. We're created for signs and wonders and miracles. Every single one of us. Signs and wonders and miracles should be operating. Should be operating in your business. Come on. Signs and wonders and miracles. We're created. That's what the Bible says. We're created for signs and wonders and miracles. We're created for signs. Come on. We're created for signs and wonders and miracles. Now, we're created for signs and wonders and miracles. Now, we're created for signs and wonders and miracles. Amen? We're created for signs and for wonders and for miracles. Amen? Daily blessings should be manifested to you. Daily blessings. The Bible, the Scripture says it. Daily blessings. You should be overcome daily with the blessings of the Lord. Amen? But you know what? Listen, it will never happen if you don't expect it to happen. You're going to have to expect some things. No, you're going to have to expect some things in order for it to be manifested. No, you're going to have to start expecting some things. No, come on, you're going to have to start expecting some things. Every day, wake up. Mama, rooster. You should wake up every day. You confess every day that I'm wise. You should wake up every day and confess that I'm wise. I'm beautiful. I'm wealthy. I'm healed. Amen. I mean, it's a lot better than waking up every day and saying, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm dumb, I'm, I'm, I'm poor, and I'm, I'm fat, and I'm... <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> Decree a thing. Decree a thing. Decree a thing. Hello? Decree a thing. And it'll be so. And today, in the name of Jesus, we decree that you are the healer of the Lord. That you are washed in His blood. That you are a brand new creation. That you are blessed. You are, we decree in the name of Jesus that you're blessed. We decree in the name of Jesus that, that if you're in business, if you have your own business, that you're so you're so blessed, you gotta give work away. Hallelujah. No, you're so blessed, you gotta you you're so blessed, you're so overcome with blessed, you're gonna have to call your competitors and say, I can't handle it all. Amen? Right. No, that's what blessing means, glory to God. Now, you're so blessed that, that, you're, that the place of employment <clears throat> creates a whole new job for you. They create, they, listen, oh yeah, they create a, a whole new section. Of, oh, you're so blessed. Amen? You're so blessed. You're so blessed. You're blessed. How many of you here have your own business? How many of you here work for somebody who owns a business? Well, you're blessed. Amen. You're blessed. Amen. Amen. You're blessed. You're blessed. Everything you touch. The Bible says. The Bible says, the Bible says everything you touch is blessed. Amen. No, everything you touch is blessed. Everything you touch is blessed. Right. No, everything you touch is blessed. Amen. Everything you touch is blessed. Come on, everything you touch Amen. is blessed. Amen. I mean, right even down, to, even, even things that have nothing to do with spiritual things, you're still blessed. Amen. 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 You're blessed. I mean, every time I touch my golf clubs, I'm, 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 I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Uh, come on, every time, every, every time you pick up that fishing ball, you're blessed. 
Lord, you're blessed. Amen. You're blessed. See, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. No, as a person thinks, so is he. Do you know if you think poor, you, you're going to, yeah. you, you'll, first off, if you think poor, it'll get in your heart, you begin to believe poor, and that's what you're going to begin to say, and that's why you'll have it. See, you can change your life. You can start today. You can change your life today by changing how you talk. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord. We're so grateful. We're so thankful, Lord, that you sent Jesus. Lord, we don't take for granted what we do right now. Lord, we're so thankful for your word that's gone forth. And Lord, I thank you that it didn't fall upon deaf ears. But, Lord, I thank you that your word got into the hearts of the hearers today. Lord, I thank you that every individual here, on the sound of my voice, Lord, I thank you that every individual here at Life Family Church is a doer of your word and not just a hearer. And, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. And just pray, with, just pray this with me. Say, Father, I give you my life. I believe you sent your son Jesus. I he hung upon a cross for me. He went to hell for me. He shed His blood for me. And I believe that He is Lord. And I ask You to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in Your blood. And I receive forgiveness in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank You I thank you for this body that I hold in my hand. The body of the Lord Jesus. It was bruised for me. He bore 39 stripes for me. And you said in your word that by the stripes of Jesus I am healed. And I thank you for my healing. I thank you that I am healed from my head to my toe. I have a sound mind that my body functions properly. That every part of my body functions properly. And I receive right now total healing. I receive my miracle. I receive my healing now in Jesus' name, and I partake. Take the cup. Father, I hold in my hand the blood of the Lamb that was shed for me. By the shedding of His blood, I am free from sin. And I do not take this unworthily. I take it with an understanding that it was the blood of the Lamb shed for me. And I receive right now total cleansing from all sin. I receive protection by the blood. I plead the blood over my life. I plead the blood over my family. And I receive right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Whew.
Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Just lift your hands and thank Him right now. Just lift your hands and thank Him. Lord, we thank You. We thank You. We thank You. Lord, we worship You. We worship You. We worship You. Lord, I thank You for total healing. Lord, I thank You that I thank You that every mind here has every individual here has a sound mind in the name of Jesus. Oh, that foul devil that's come against your mind, I bind him and his bondage power in the name of Jesus. You are the healed of the Lord. You are the healed of the Lord. You have a sound mind you, in the name of Jesus. You have a sound mind in the name of Jesus. You have a sound mind in the name of Jesus. That foul, loud devil, that's, that's a lying devil that's come and told you that you'll, 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 you'll die with Alzheimer's or dementia. That's a lie from hell. You will not. You will not. You will not. You will not. You're the redeemed of the Lord. You're the redeemed of the Lord. You are the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed this morning? Amen. Well, we're going to have ushers going to come right now. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow seed into our ministry. Your pastors will be back next week. Hallelujah. Listen, you need to have people here that are not saved. To have people here that that need a miracle. I'm I'm uh, I'm sure their 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 faith is soaring right now. The miracles they've seen, and, and they're going to come back here. That you're going to have an explosion of His power, of His glory. Hallelujah! You're going to make out a check. Make out a check just to make it out to VOR, the abbreviation for Voice of Revival Ministries. If you don't have a if you don't have a Check. We take credit cards. We take we take uh, all kinds of things. We take it all. We take cash. We take cars. We take houses, lands. We take it all. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So see you. How, how many believing for some big things? So see to it. How many believing for a car? So we see for it. And we believe for our house. So we see for it. I'm, I believe my wife and I will believe for a house. She's got her car. I'm believing for a car. Hallelujah. Amen. But the car I want is not what most people would think. The car I want, the car, it's not the car I want. It's the car I've already received by faith. Amen. Amen. So it's not a 2000, it's not a 2019, it's not a 2018, it's not even 2000s, it's not even in the 2000s. Not even in the 1990s. Not even in the 1980s. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to say what it is because there are no hints. There are no hints. Exactly right. Yeah. I will say it's just a 1970. That's all I'll say. Hallelujah. And when I drive through the parking lot, it'll set off all the alarms. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everything you speak into existence, everything, everything. I remember Doctor Kenneth E. Hagen said, "Everything he ever ever received, he spoke into existence." You speak it into existence, Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready to sow a seed? Ushers, go ahead and pass the buckets. Lord, we thank you for every seed sowed produces a mighty harvest. We we'll give you all glory and honor in Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week and remember, the best is yet to come.